You're listening to the GamesRussi.biz Microcast, recorded on Monday the 12th of June 2023. I'm James Batchelor, and this morning I'm joined by... Marie D'Alessandri. And we are going to be talking about the Xbox Games Showcase. So this happened last night. This is another kind of morning after microcast. Maybe that's a sub <laughs> if we do, the morning after microcast. Um, as with the Summer Game Fest show, not going to rattle through every single announcement. There was a lot, a lot more kind of new games in this one. But I'll kind of go through some of the highlights. It's a full write-up on GameStreet.biz, which you should be able to find easily. And I'll put the link in the show notes as usual. So the presentation kicked off with the story trailer or kind of a a, a mood-setting trailer for Fable, the new Playground Games-developed Fable, uh, starring British comedian Richard Ayawadi as a giant. Brief tangent, that is an instant way to get my attention, is putting (laughs) Richard Ayawadi in something. Same. I think the entire UK reacted this way. (laughs) Absolutely. Quite rightly. (laughs) And it was then followed by South of Midnight, which is by Compulsion Games. I'll come back to that in a moment. Then was Massive Entertainment's Star Wars Outlaws. It was kind of a in-engine cutscene sort of teaser before we see the full reveal tonight at Ubisoft Forward. Um, There were tons of games announced. I'll go through some of those in a minute. The ended with a good old-fashioned hardware announcement. It felt very E3 to have like, oh, by the way, we've got a new SKU of our console. It's the carbon black Xbox Series S with a one terabyte terabyte SSD, $349, out September 1st. That just felt very old-school E3 to me, but that's just the the long-running trade journalist in me, I guess. (laughs) Um, Overall, so Phil Spencer kind of finished this. Overall, we saw 11 games from first-party studios, all of which obviously are on Game Pass on day one, and 14 from third-party studios, some of which are on Game Pass from third uh, day one. Again, rattling very quickly through kind of the highlights, we had Starfield. There was a lot of Starfield in the Starfield Direct afterwards. We will almost certainly be talking about that. Um, there was a release date for the new Forza Motorsport. That's October 10th. They announced Microsoft Flight Simulator 2024, which is right up my dad's street because he's obsessed <laughs> with Flight Simulator. And now there's actual missions like search and rescue and aerial firefighting and crop dusting. Um, the next expansion for Rare Sea of Thieves is The Legend of Monkey Island, a crossover with the excellent uh, classic LucasArts, LucasArts adventure games, complete with uh, Dominic Armato's back as Guybrush, but more importantly, Murray, the evil demonic talking skull, is back. Um, shooting has finally finished for Senua's Sacrifice Hellblade 2, which is coming next year. Uh, in Exile Entertainment, showed off their uh, new IP Clockwork Revolution. I'm definitely going to be talking about that one. Obsidian finally showed gameplay for Avowed, uh, Xbox Studios is publishing the next game from Stoic, which is the developer from uh, behind the Banner Saga. This is called Towerborn. It's a fantasy cult ven- adventure. This is coming in 2024. It's on Game Pass Day 1. Um, Thunder Lotus, the studio behind Spiritfarer, is doing 33 Immortals, which is a top-down co-op action game, which, as the title suggests, supports 33 players. It's really funny because like, when you're watching the trailer, it's like, supports 33 player co-op. And it's like, why 33? And then the title comes up, 33 Immortals. Okay, that makes sense. Um, there's loads of stuff for Persona fans. So Persona, Persona 3 Reload, which is a remake of Persona 3, is uh, heading out to Xbox platforms. Persona 5 Tactica, which is kind of an XCOM Fire Emblem-style strategy game, is also coming. Both of those are going to be on Game Pass at launch. And then the studio that made Persona 3, 4, and 5 are working on a new IP, Metaphor Refantasio, which I don't know what that means. Um, there was updates for Payday 3, there was a trailer for that, and that's coming out September 21st. There was a release date for Phantom Liberty, the Cyberpunk 27, uh, 2077 expansion, which comes out September 26th. 
drink if you had a Keanu Reeves appearance on your you know a not E3 drinking card bingo card. Uh, the next Like a Dragon game, formerly Yakuza, is Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. There's a Capcom f- Japanese-themed fancy admen- adventure, Kanitsu Game, uh, Path of the Goddess. Overwatch 2 is getting story missions. There's another new game from Don't Nod, exp- Exploration Platformer Jusant. At this point, we can probably tell people to go watch it. <laughs> we should probably go tell people to watch it. I'm going to stop talking now. Yes, absolutely. Marie, there was a lot there. There was a lot. me from talking. No, no, no. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> this is basically me reading <laughs> no, but the I, ju- I just love how you get carried away here being like, and this, this, and this. It was great. The bottom line is, it was great. There was a lot of it. Read the, the, the roundup written by the excellent James Batchelor here on gamesindustry.biz. But yeah, no, there was there was a lot of it. Uh, but I do 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 finish if you want to keep I, I literally the last couple <laughs> were um the next the next game from the Chinese room, which obviously did um Dear Esther and the Everybody's Gone to the Rapture is called Still Wakes the Deep. That's early 2024 and also on Game Pass at launch. City Skylines 2 is coming out from Colossal Order and Paradox Interactive. That's also Game Pass at launch. That's October 24, and I know a lot of City Skylines fans who are gonna be very pleased with that. Uh, Curve Games is doing uh, is publishing a new cell shaded action RPG from the developer Microbird, Dungeons of Hinterberg. That's due in twenty twenty four, and that is also launching on Game Pass. I'm done. I promise. <laughs> no, but yeah, there was a, there was a whole lot, and like dur- during the podcast, the microcast we recorded after Summer Game Fest on Friday, I said I said three things. I said I wanted Microsoft to finally give me a reason to turn my Xbox Series X on. I said that Summer Game Fest made me feel like. I don't belong or have interest in the AAA industry anymore. And I said that Nicolas Cage was cool, but he was no Keanu Reeves. And uh, it's like Xbox just <laughs> heard me and delivered on all of these things. Uh, there we go. Proof, proof that they are <laughs> listening to the microcast. Maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the first three announcements of like that show literally reminded me that and like what I said on Friday, or oh, maybe the AAA industry is actually still for me. Or like AAA games are still for me. It turns out the problem wasn't triple a games not being for me anymore it's just that triple a games and the triple a industry as represented by what jeff Keighley offered on friday which was the samey games by like presented by samey men um and xbox made me feel welcome and xbox made me feel like there were triple a games for me out there and like the first three trailers like three female protagonists and then sarah bond was on stage and i was like ah yes thank you we are here. We exist. Women, they're a thing. We make games. We are cool protagonists. And like, just generally made me feel so good. <laughs> um, if, I re- if I remember rightly, three protagonists who are not just female, but uh, were they women of colour? Certainly South of Midnight. Yes. Right? That's all yeah. yeah. I don't um, know, but I can't remember if there, it was all three of them or not. So I would rather not like I, well, say that's, that's the case. But yes, definitely people of colour were very well represented as well throughout the entire showcase, which is always like a joy to see. Um, especially on off the back on, of, of Summer Game Fest, which was terrible. Um, so yeah, so th- just from that from the get go, it just really like got me. And and I'm not really an Xbox person, so I really really went into this with few expectations. And uh, they just yeah, it was amazing. Honestly, like in a few words, it's just that it was amazing. And I'm sure we'll go into like more details about maybe Starfield as well. But that Starfield Direct, I, I initially I didn't even plan on watching that. I was just going to watch the, the main showcase. And the Starfield, is it called Starfield Direct? I don't even know. Starfield it Showcase. Was, yeah, the, the Starfield Direct. Let's, let's tackle the Starfield Direct now. Yeah. Um, this is Microsoft's r- biggest title of the year. I know they've got Forza Motorsport coming out uh, October 10th. 
but the motorsport games have certainly in like recent years never done as well as the Horizon games, which are a bit more they're a bit more broadly appealing. Forza Motorsport is for your car nuts, your petrol heads who just want to go around tracks and tune every single spark plug to get every bit of performance out of your game. I'm not going to be playing for Forza Motorsport personally, but so I think they know it's not going to be as big a deal as a Horizon. Starfield is their biggest game of the year. And it's their biggest game of the last couple of years, let's be honest. I think it's probably the biggest game since Halo Infinite. Um, the deep dive they did in the Direct was brilliant. There was a lot of assurances. I swear, I was trying to count. I think at least twice they said this is a Bethesda game through... A Bethesda RPG through and through. I.e., this is Skyrim in space, which is what people have been asking for and hoping for. Um, the extent of the options, like, it just looked absolutely huge. I've been trying not to get excited for this one, because I have enough to be playing. But I was watching this, like... I, <laughs> it's going to be sad. I'm already thinking what sort of character I want to play. I'm already thinking about, like, what sort of missions I want to focus on. Like, the fact that it's huge, the fact that it's an entire galaxy and there's thousands of planets, like... That would bother me if it was going to be the sort of game I try and clear in a few months, but I'm still dipping in and out of Skyrim now. Like that, I think, is what the sort of game they're building here, and it looks really impressive. Yeah, no, it does. It's like, yeah, like I really, I didn't really care about Starfield at all. Uh, I was pretty dead set on not playing it. Mostly also, like, to put some context, Baldur's Gate 3 is coming out of early access, I think, the day before. So I won't actually be playing Starfield at launch, but uh, I didn't even want to initially. And Xbox has been in trouble in the past for, like, not showing enough gameplay. And both during its showcase and the Starfield Direct, uh, it showed that it's very much learned its lesson. And I came into this, like, yeah, as I said, not caring and finished really wanting to play Starfield. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. And... Like, I think they went as in-depth as they could without giving away too much of the plot. Like, the story would be something that really, like, interests me as well. And they said just a tiny bit, like, just enough for me to really want to learn more. And obviously, as you mentioned, like, all the different options and stuff. And I, it's just, like, a bit mind-blowing, like, the, the extent and the depth of this game. And, yeah, it's just really incredible. So that was genuine surprise to me i know it probably wasn't a surprise to most people because that was already <laughs> like set to be a massive thing but they did exactly the right thing i think to convert the people who were not maybe that interested in in the game in the first place but it looks really like the type of game i want to get lost in now because it's incredible and i really appreciated that they went into so much detail about about the gameplay and yeah it was really good it was it was so in depth. I ended up having to watch it twice to actually <laughs> fully take it in. Um, it looks really impressive, and for me, it kind of emphasises as well. Whenever I watch the Xbox ones over the last few years, the Xbox showcases, um, they're different from the other platform holder showcases in that they're not just trying to sell you games that will draw you to the platform. Xbox, obviously, it's always trying to sell you Game Pass. They've essentially become Game Pass showcases, giving people a reason to either subscribe and stay subscribed. And I found myself watching last night, it's like, right, how much is there in the works that is going to convince people to either stay subscribed to a Game Pass or actually sign up? I think Starfield is probably one that would convince people to start, sign up. It's the sort of game where, you know, it, as much as as much as people complain that they bought it and yeah, they bought Bethesda and then they made this exclusive to their ecosystem, like that wasn't going to be something they do. Um it makes it makes sense. Like like, it's the sort of game I can see some people switching from 
PlayStation to Xbox Four or Switch to Xbox Four, or or at least kind of making sure they've got an Xbox so they have a, or or a PC so they've got access to this game. And then rather than buy it individually, if they sign up to Game Pass, they get Starfield, but they also get all this other stuff. So they could get you know Fable and Flight Simulation, Sea of Thieves, and Hellblade Two and South of Midnight and all the others. Like so. Starfield, I think, is a really strong selling point for Game Pass as a subscription. Looking yeah. at the lineup overall, yeah, there, there was a lot in here that would make things. Yeah, I just, the sort of games where I wouldn't necessarily buy them outright because you know, if I'm thinking of me as a consumer, I wouldn't necessarily buy them outright because I don't know what to expect because I've got other games I want to prioritize. But because they're on Game Pass, I will give them a go. Obviously, I'm definitely going to get Fable. I would have bought Fable. I might not have bought South of Midnight, but that looks really interesting. Like this kind of um, South on Midnight States. is my favorite reveal that I've seen in like generally years. One <laughs> second into that that trailer, I know it's all CGI and like there wasn't gameplay or anything. One second into that thing, I was like, okay, I am buying this. I am playing this. This is the best thing I've ever seen. It is. I I love that reveal. I've watched it several times already now, <laughs> and it's just. Probably my favourite thing that was shown last night, even though it was just a little snippet and stuff, but incredible. So similarly for me, though, Clockwork Revolution. Yes. Um, I love the look of that. It's like this steampunk time travel adventure. Very Bioshock Infinite vibes. Yes. Which I'm one of the few people that liked Bioshock Infinite. I prefer it to the original, but I'm sorry. But yeah, no, so that, that, that's the sort of game, like Clockwork Revolution, Clockwork Revolution is the sort of game where, oh yeah, I think I, that's, that's definitely going to be on, on one for my wish list of what I'll buy. But I might not get around to buying. Well, if it's on Game Pass, I will download it and I'll play it. So I, th- I think they did a really solid line of showing, showing off their subscription. The biggest thing for me was, um, we've been talking for years about the fact that Xbox has been buying studios since I think it was 2016, 2017 when they first started like buying up other big uh, third-party studios. So they, they bought Playground, they bought Compulsion, they bought In Exile, they bought Obsidian, they bought all of these studios. Yeah, they obviously bought Bethesda in one lump sum. And I, th- I swear we were talking on a podcast recently like how all these games, all these studios they've bought, and we still don't really know what they're working on specifically for Xbox beyond the kind of small curiosities like Pentiment and Hi-Fi Rush. And we start to see that. Like Phil Spencer actually called out South of Midnight and Clockwork Revolution are the first games from Compulsion and In Exile that are like beginning to end been made under Microsoft's ownership. So, like, because whenever they bought the studios, they were always in the middle of another another project. Case in point, obviously, uh, Arcane at Bethesda was in the middle of making Deathloop for PlayStation Five. So, you know, we have we still haven't seen Arcane Leon's first Xbox only title. Um, so yeah, the the point was like they, we're finally starting to see what all these studios that they bought are starting to produce, and what they're producing is solid titles for Game Pass, and I think it was a really strong showing on that regard. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think there was a bit of a lull like midstream, but that's kind of inevitable, and the pacing was a hundred percent better compared to Summer Game Fest. Sorry, Summer Game Fest. Mm. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, the, the, That's why I like also the, the, the hardware announcement at the end was like, oh, there's this new Series S coming and it's a good Game Pass machine for a good price point and it's just great to see. And it's like Xbox had made it like a priority for, for the games it presents and showcases and makes uh, to be accessible and appealing to everyone. And it's finally, dare I say, providing the, the games that match that, that vision of accessibility and being appealing to a wide range of people and with a wealth of variety of games and launching a new machine with a fair price point, some people can play all of these games with Game Pass and it's like it's all 
coming together. It's like that vision mm. that they have sold to us, to uh, not us uh, personally, but to people in general, I guess, um, all these years ago. I feel like it's finally coming together and it's kind of nice to see, honestly. And it I, is. I can't not comment on how accessible the presentation itself was, like tying in all that vision, because uh, it had three different streams that were accessible. There was the the, the standard one, and then there were uh, there was a one one with ASL, and there was one with audio description. And I can't actually think of any other publisher out there or like platform holder or anything having made their streams that accessible to people with providing audio description or ASL and stuff like that. And that's just part of the whole like the whole vision, I think, and that path that Xbox has been on to be just more accessible, more appealing to more people, and like price-wise as well. I can't actually remember the, the, the price of that new Series S, but I remember thinking like, yeah, okay, that's fair. Especially like after Apple unveiling $3,000 headsets <laughs> yeah. where you're like, you're really taking the piss now. Um, there's just, maybe that's why it seemed affordable um, <laughs> as well. But. So it was, it was $349. Yeah, so which is, it's not yeah, too it's bad. Still- like it's not, you still have to think about like spending that amount of money, but it's it's not too bad for a game console really. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I agree. And you talk about Xbox's vision. Like this is the thing. Like Xbox has been playing the long game for a long time. You know, Game Pass launched five years ago. It's been buying studios for five or six years. Like it's all been building up to something. Like, the point where they are producing constantly producing solid first party titles, both for their Xbox ecosystem in terms of people who want to buy them. You know, individually for their console, whether that's physical or digital. Or subscribing to Game Pass, and we are starting to see that. There is after the game showcase, there was a um, uh, a media panel, like you know, a leadership of Xbox spoke to press about what's next for Xbox and what's next for gaming. Um, Chris String, who's out in LA at the moment, attended this. He wrote up a couple of stories um, this morning, and within that, I believe it was Matt Booty who said that Xbox like has now turned a corner. They've been yeah. talking for a while about getting to the point where they want to be producing four major games per year. Um, four major first party games per year and you look at the last few years and you know, they've had I mean last year they, I think I believe last year they only had Pentiment and As Dusk Falls which are great games yeah. but I wouldn't call them major this year you've had Hi-Fi Rush I believe Minecraft Legends came out uh, Redfall as ago. well Redfall as well Starfield in September Forza Motorsport in October that is a solid year for any kind of platform holder and they've said like next year um, they're going to have we, we, we can see from this lineup in 2024 they've got uh, Hellblade 2 Avowed Flight Simulator 2024 Towerborn and then other games they haven't even spoken about yet like so yeah they are they are the, the long term play seems to be playing off now whether or not that's going to be enough to put, put them back in a kind of a leading position they are very much kind of third place in the console competition space at the moment PlayStation is well ahead of them. Nintendo is doing its own thing and is huge on the Switch. Whether or not Xbox can get back to the point where it's doing the sort of numbers it was previously. Although Phil Spencer apparently said that um, they're making as much revenue now as they did in the Xbox 360 generation, which was by far and away their strongest generation to date. So whether or not Microsoft can get to the point where they have a leading position again, I don't know. But they've certainly seemed to set set themselves up to do so. 
And I think it doesn't really matter. I mean, it no. probably matters to them, but uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. But uh, I, I, I think as long as they can like follow up on that vision and make the money they want to make, whatever that means for them, it doesn't like I'm not really into the whole like PlayStation versus Xbox thing anyway. So it doesn't no. really matter if PlayStation is still a leader or if Nintendo is still a leader and that Xbox is a bit behind. If if it works, if they make enough money to continue doing whatever they're doing. Um, it's just I'm just happy that uh, they generally give me reasons to want to turn my Xbox on generally, and I think a lot of people have been a bit like that in in recent years, as you mentioned. Like they, we're not really enough games to to yeah to justify either buying or turning uh, the Xbox Series on, and now there is, and that's just nice to see. And one game we didn't mention, I just want to mention in passing, is that climbing game by Don't Nod. Yeah, uh, I actually good. can't remember the name. I'm so sorry, Don't Nod, but well, it looked it's, amazing. It's... It's and called. They didn't say the name. But there's just it's Jusant. Jusant. But okay. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's pronounced Jusant or Could I don't be. know. Could be both. <laughs> and I said on Friday that I was unsure about Dot Nod's identity these days because there was also a Dot Nod game in Summer Game Fest, and I want to retract that statement because it doesn't matter anymore because maybe it's not a problem and maybe they're just doing cool games and trying out new things and I'm just here for it. So sorry, Dot Nod. I re- retract my statement. It doesn't really matter that I'm not sure about what you're doing, because it actually looks really good. (laughs) I'm going to finish on a personal note. Um, We said on Friday that there weren't many new games. There was like 42 games shown off at Summer Games Fest, and there were eight new ones. Here there were 25 games shown off, and I haven't done an exact count, but I'm pretty sure most of them were new. Um, Like, definitely like well over half, easily. I'm taking off my business hat for a second here, taking off my trade journalist hat, and I'm putting on my gamer hat. Please stop making games. I can't keep up. Like, I was looking, it's like, right, my, the rest of my 24, 24, I'm trying to finish Zelda. I am now definitely going to have to play Starfield. But then Spider-Man 2 is coming out in October, and then just all these ones that are lined up for 2024... I'm clearly going to just have to stop buying games in 2025 onwards. <laughs> no, but to be honest, like, personally, I have said that this year I was only going to play Baldur's Gate 3 and Zelda anyway, so my plane hasn't changed. But it did a tiny bit in, in regards of, like, if I can, I will play Starfield and all the other cool Xbox games that will release this year is mostly Starfield, to be fair. But next year onwards, I feel like I'll be keeping a closer eye on Xbox uh, compared to previous years, for sure. And I know you said we were finishing it here, but I can't uh, finish it without doing my thing about talking about all the silly little games that were announced elsewhere this weekend because the Wholesome Direct was on and there were lots of cozy, crafty, cutesy titles and lots of them with very similar vibes or art style of themes. But I don't care. I'm here for it and I have endured decades of samey shooters and stuff like that. So I'm just happy now that we have other options and that they're just, yeah, floating the industry with, with cutesy kind games and please watch the wholesome direct if you haven't because there were lots of cool things in there i agree um we've been dedicating the microcasts to the larger showcases we are talking as a team about finding a way to kind of cover or kind of at least explore our picks from the indie ones because so much happened over the weekend this has obviously been a focus specifically on xbox but you had wholesome direct future game show pc gaming show we've got ubisoft tonight there's a deep dive into final fantasy 16 later today i believe capcom is tonight or tomorrow so this is not the end this is kind of the middle point of not e3 
Um, so we will have plenty more for you. Please keep your eyes on GameStrategy.biz. If you haven't listened to previous episodes, and you know, we've made ref- lots of references to our microcast and Summer Game Fest, that's on the GameStrategy.biz podcast feed. We are in danger of going over from micro to pod at this stage, so I'm going to wrap us up. Um, but just briefly, kind of, obviously Ubisoft's the next big one. Marie, kind of expectations for uh, Ubisoft tonight. Oh, I, uh, I don't have any. I don't want to even talk about it because I will be disappointed otherwise. So I will watch it and maybe I will be happy. Who knows? Okay. Well, <laughs> on that optimistic note, um, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back with another microcast soon. Do keep your eyes on GameStreet.biz for all the news coming out of LA and we will be back soon. Mm-hmm.